Good morning. It is a good morning, that's for sure. And it's a good morning because we're here. It's a good morning that we have a reason to be here. We're praying with the team this morning who is uh, helping out uh, on our Sunday morning team. And I'm grateful that we're here to be together this morning. We wouldn't get together any Sunday morning if we weren't getting together what we celebrate this morning, that Jesus rose from the grave. We have a reason to worship because we have a reason. We have a risen Savior. I want to start out this morning with a little story. It's a little bit embarrassing. I had to give each of my kids $30 last couple of weeks, week, week ago, maybe a little bit more, I can't remember. I don't really give Easter presents. It wasn't for Easter, although I think Easter presents would be a great tradition. Um, the reason why I gave them $30, and actually it wasn't just my kids, it was everyone in my family, including my wife, is because I had been hoarding a Christmas blessing. Now, I wasn't doing this on purpose, exactly. I wasn't just selfishly keeping it to myself. I wasn't hiding anything from them. We had been given a gift at Christmas from one of our relatives so that kind of like everybody could have a present. And we talked about, like, would we want to put this towards something like bigger, put it all together to do like a family thing, either a trip or something else that we'd all want to invest in. And we had two or three options we talked about, but we never bought anything. Of course, it was deposited in my checking account a long time ago. And uh, it hit me this week. <clears throat> I owe my family money. And actually, it's not me. It's I just haven't passed on the gift that was given to us. This morning, my message comes out of Matthew 28, which is where that song in large part inspired by the ending accounts of the Gospels. Matthew, there's some of Mark, Luke, and John in there as well. And my message this morning is that we have been blessed to bless. I couldn't not think about my forgetting to pass on a blessing that I wasn't even I was given, but I was in charge of, and I forgot to pass it on to other people, my family. And it reminded me what we're going to talk about this morning is that in our faith in Christ, the fact that we know that Jesus rose from the dead, it's a blessing. It gives us hope. It gives us purpose. It gives us peace. It gives us really life. Jesus rose from the grave and he didn't just do it for himself. He did it so that we could also have what he has. Sort of like every good thing you have, we have um, this... Uh, we don't live by these, but I have this list of rules for a house that I would say they're for our house, except we don't live by them all. But I thought they're really good rules. And one of them is when you have something good, you share it. And Jesus has something really good, and he wanted us to share it. He hasn't done everything that he's done for me just so that I could keep it to myself. And sometimes, even though we know that, sort of like my Christmas gift for our family, we're not I am purposely hoarding it or keeping it for ourselves. We just sort of forget that this was a gift we've been given to share the goodness with other people. Our purpose as a church at Cottonwood, the reason why we exist, is to help people find and follow Jesus. 
if you haven't found Jesus in the sense that you have known about him, but you don't really know what it means to have a relationship with him, I hope you find that. Maybe you'll find it in this message today. I think you can. If you have already, our hope is that we can help you follow him, which is really what Matthew 28 was all about. Matthew 28, if you want to open a Bible, probably you don't have one with you, so you can turn on your phone and open your Bible app, and you can open up to Matthew 28. We're not going to cover the whole chapter, but you might want to know what else happens in that chapter. Matthew 28, so go ahead and open your phone if you'd like. I'm going to use my Bible here. Matthew 28 is one of the four accounts of Jesus being alive after he was dead, which is pretty shocking. Let me just say that a lot of people were shocked. Even though he told some people several times that he was going to do it, still was surprising. Probably didn't compute. You know how you've had one of those experiences? Maybe someone, a friend of yours said, hey, we're going to do this and this and meet me here to do this, and it just didn't add up until you're there like, oh, that's what they meant. That's what happened here. Matthew 28. Um, After Jesus, he died on a Friday, and uh, he was Jewish, and so the Sabbath was on Saturday after the sun goes down on Friday night. Um, What they weren't able to do is to prepare his body. So they were able to get him into a tomb, but then it was Sabbath and sundown, and so Jesus' friends, after he had died, were going to come back on Sunday morning at sunrise, the soonest that you could possibly do that work without... Uh, dishonoring the Sabbath, and so uh, a whole bunch of Marys went, actually. It's kind of funny. A whole, it just happens to be all these ladies, several of them are named Marys. Mary Magdalene, another Mary. And they were not sure how they were going to prepare Jesus' body because this tomb had a really heavy stone in front of it, and so there, you can read the other gospel accounts. They have different bits of information, but they weren't sure how that was going to happen. Well, what happened is that it got miraculously pushed back. An angel was there, and we're going to pick up the story in Matthew 28.5. Now, just to put yourself in the position of a grieving, brokenhearted, all your hopes were put into this man who you thought was going to be the Savior and had died, and you're going to go do the last thing you know what to do to honor him, which is to prepare your body, and there is an angel at the tomb. Uh, you might be a little shocked. And so it starts out this way. The angel told the women, don't be afraid. I think they needed that. (laughs) Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. Just as he said, he had told them before, come and see the place where he lay. Here's what the angel says. He tells them a couple of things, really just two messages. First, he says, the angel says, come and see. Come and see. And the tomb's empty. He's not here anymore. And that's really an invitation for us. That's come and find out. Come and find out that Jesus is who he said he is, that he did everything he said he was going to do. He really was the Savior. He's not here. Come and see. He's a risen Savior. That's the first message. Come and see. And then right away is the second message, verse 7. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead. So the second message is, go and tell. Come and see and go and tell. Go and tell the other disciples he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. Now just 
uh, I like that the angel told them to go and tell. Um, when you go to a new restaurant and it happens to be in like your top five meals ever, does anyone have to tell you to go and tell your friends about it? You go and tell. Well, next time it comes up, anything, actually, if it's that good, you will probably, even if it doesn't come up in conversation, make a reason for it to come up in conversation. Because top five meals ever, I mean, that, you better share that. Don't keep it to yourself. Unless the reservations are like, you know, a year out and you want to make sure you can go more again. No, don't do it then even. Share it. Go and tell. And so they do it. The disciple, the, the, these women, by the way, it was really significant that the very first witnesses, the people who got the news first that Jesus was risen from the dead were women. You want to know why that was so significant? Because in this culture, women weren't even trusted to be a witness. They were not re- trusted to be a reliable witness in the court of law. What their say did not count. But Jesus said, it does count. And I'm going to flip the script on this. Increase by a whole lot the value of women, even in my resurrection story. This is a sidebar. So the women go. They depart quickly from the tomb with fear and joy. I'm sure they had some mixed emotions. They were going to grieve. They meet an angel. They're told Jesus is risen. The tomb's empty. Go tell your friends. This is better than the top five meals ever of a restaurant. You, you want to tell everyone right now that knows anything about Jesus. And so they ran to tell the disciples his news, and then Jesus had a little surprise for them. Just then, as they were running, Jesus met them. That's pretty good. <laughs> Okay, it wasn't just an angel, it wasn't just a vision. He met them and said, greetings. And they came up, and they took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. You are who you say you are. It's not just a message from an angel that might be confused as a hallucination or something. You're here. Jesus received his worship, their worship, which is significant. Some people argue that he never claimed to be God. He would have told them to stop if he wasn't. He said very tenderly, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. Again, the the same message that the angels told these women, the early disciples, the first disciples, the first followers of Jesus to get this really good news. Go and tell. Share this blessing. What you were afraid of hasn't happened. What you couldn't have predicted did happen. Come and see and then go and tell. Okay, so the reason why I had you, one of you have your Bible open partly is because we didn't read the first four verses. You could have skimmed those while I was talking to know what happened. We're not going to read the next four or five verses. 11 through 15 deal with kind of a side story of a controversy that uh, those who wanted Jesus to be uh, crucified were dealing with. You can read that on your own, but we are going to follow the story up where the women show up again in verse 16 because they told the disciples exactly what Jesus told them. And here's what he said. The 11 disciples, they did what the angel said, what the Jesus reaffirmed, to go to Galilee. They went to Galilee, to the mountain 
where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Jesus came near. I'm going to pause there before we read the rest of that sentence. Um, I, I chose, I asked uh, these ladies who did a great job on that music, I asked them if they'd consider that months ago. I ran across this song. I knew where I was headed for this message. I thought this is going to be a perfect song. It's, it's in first person, Jesus talking to us. See my hands and my feet. It's okay if it's hard to believe. That, that comes out of but some doubted. Because Jesus came near even to them. Some worshipped. Some had their fears dispelled forever. What they were afraid had happened. Some had their hopes confirmed and their dreams confirmed. Some worshiped and some doubted. And Jesus came near to all of them. He, he, he drew closer to everyone. All of the above, worshipers and doubters. And Jesus is saying in this, I think, action, it's okay if it's hard to believe. Stick around with your doubts with what's hard to believe about me, and I'll come near to you. And I'll make it clear who I really am. I appreciate that part of Jesus' action. So Jesus said all this stuff. He, they came near to them, and then he wanted them to get, he got closer to them, and then he had a really important message for them. It was like he's leaning in. Come here. And he said this, which is pretty much the rest of that song. All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. You go, therefore, and make disciples. Disciple, that word just actually could be translated follower. A disciple was someone who followed a specific rabbi around, which is what they had been doing for three years. And Jesus is saying, go and make followers of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, If you were here last Sunday, you heard those words repeated. We had baptisms last Sunday. A few young people were saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. And one of the first steps of following Jesus is to do this, which is one of his commands here, to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, as you do this, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I'll never leave you. I'll always be with you. And that's the rest of this verse. It says, see my hands and look at my feet. If you look at the other gospel messages, he knew that some doubted and they needed a little more experience. And so he said, come and look. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of them, read the last chapters of each of those, you'll see that Jesus did that. It's okay if it's hard to believe. I have faith. Isn't this interesting? Some doubted. And he says, I have faith that you will do greater things. That's what he's saying here in the Great Commission. You, you, They doubted, they were doubting right there, and he said, come near, I have, you can do this, even if you're not totally sure about everything. It's beautiful. My time to go, but before I leave, go and tell the world about me. I was dead, but now I live. That's really good news. I've got to go for a little while, but goodbye is not the end. You can read the rest of it. So what is there to do? What was Jesus really saying? What does it really mean to go and make disciples? Why, what did Jesus, what, did he, what was he saying? Go, what did he want them to do? Like right there, those disciples. 
uh, did he, did he, basically he was saying, guys, you have been blessed with this experience of me right in your presence being risen from the dead. Now, I'm leaving. Why don't you stay here on this mountain and have a never-ending worship and prayer service because of how much joy that gives you? Nope. He didn't say, good, now take it home and mull it over and meditate on it. It'll always give you joy. No, he didn't. He said, now go and tell he says, all nations, the world, people of all different cultures and ethnicities, everywhere that you might be going, he knew they'd be going lots of different places, they went all over the place, tell them this good news, that I am who I said I am, and help other people to follow me. Basically, he was saying, go help people find for themselves the reality of who I am and help people to follow me once you help them find me. What he was saying, you could say it this way, guys, you have been blessed with a very special message and experience, go share it, go bless. You have been blessed to bless. This morning, we're starting a series. If you came here as a guest, thanks for coming. Really appreciate that you're here. If you're watching online, thanks for joining us. This is part one of six, so I hope that you're going to want to hear the rest of the series. I think you might. Jesus has blessed you to bless other people. Now, he's blessed you to enjoy what you have. Believe me, he wants you to enjoy the good news that he's risen from the dead. He wants you to enjoy the life that he's provided for you, the forgiveness that you experience. We're not good, as Bruce said, but he is, and he accepts us anyways. He doesn't want you to just think about that. He actually wants you and I to enjoy that, but not only enjoy it and stop there. He wants us to share that. And the question is how? How can I tell the world? How can I share my faith? How can I practically share the love that I've experienced with Christ with other people? How can I share the hope that I found in Jesus with other people? Well, this series starts the answers to those questions. In the next five weeks, we're going to give you five ways. And by the way, if you think, I think I might want to skip this because I'm not really comfortable sharing my faith. I don't really like doing that sort of thing. It kind of feels a little preachy. You're actually going to like this series, if that's you. These uh, ways, this strategy of sharing what you've been given in Christ, is, it's understandable. You will know by the end of today, actually, I'll, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know. You could probably skip the rest of the series, because I'm going to tell you what the series is about in one way, and it's simple enough that you could probably go out and do them. I hope you'll come back and learn a little bit more. But these are doable and if you're afraid that they're going to be awkward, they aren't. They're not awkward. You do not have to be an accomplished salesperson to put any of these into practice. Let's just ask yourself, I want you to ask yourself this question. What, what, are, what are some of the blessings that you've been given right now? I've been in the habit of starting my day like I did this morning with just writing 10 gratitudes, 10 things that I'm thankful for. And I start with really mundane, practical things like, I thanked God this morning for a new pour-over coffee filter that isn't clogged up and actually has the coffee come through quickly. <clears throat> Got to buy a new filter every few months. So that was on my list. And uh, 
If you have a personal relationship with Christ, that is a blessing for you to enjoy and to share. If you have resources, stuff, cars, houses, snowblowers, which you might need later today, it's a blessing. Enjoy them, use them, and share them. If you have personal gifts, which you all do, and talents and passion, enjoy them, make the most of them, and bless others with them. Let's talk about your relational blessings. You have, maybe you have influence. Maybe you've been given friendship circles. Maybe you have time. You all have time. You all, ha- you all have ability to listen to people. You can smile. You know, like when you go through the line at Walmart, that's like everyone has that opportunity every time. You can uh, encourage someone. Maybe you've been blessed with a love for Taco Bell burritos. I want to tell you, God wants you to enjoy that blessing and share it. Can I tell you a Taco Bell blessing story? A few years ago, some young women in our church who were roommates told me this story. One of them came home and told the other. So at work, there was this trucker guy who told me this story, and he's like super excited about it. His baby, it's not all exciting, Starts out sad. His baby had been recently airlifted to a NICU in Minneapolis, and he just lost his job. So he's got a sick baby, a ton of medical bills, and no job. But he wasn't sad or depressed when he came in. He's actually really excited because someone that he doesn't know who was standing in front of him in line at the Taco Bell drive-thru paid for his meal. And he was really touched by that. He's been telling everyone about it. And he's this really tough guy, and yet God really met him. Or he thinks God really met him. Why does he think God really met him? Well, part of why he felt like God really met him is that the people who paid for his Taco Bell order asked the drive-thru server to pass along a business card. And on the business card it said, this is just a practical way a small way of showing that God loves you. And then it had the reason why these girls were telling the story. It had Cottonwood's information on the back because we've had those cards out there for quite a while. It's a number of years ago. And so someone from our church decided to bless him. I still don't know who it was. Still don't know who it was. This trucker guy is super excited to tell everyone about how God remembered him because someone bought him a burrito. And his baby's in the NICU in Minneapolis, and he lost his job. This is not hard to share a little bit of what God's blessed you with to bless someone else. And a little bit, like a burrito worth of blessing, can make a huge impact in somebody who might be feeling hopeless or forgotten. So this series is based on a book by David and John Ferguson. And I want to show you the book cover. I think I got it. Maybe. There it is. So the reason I'm showing it is because these guys, uh, before this was a book, it was a free ebook that you could get. This is not original. The BLESS strategy isn't original. We didn't come up with it. But they really feel like it's a tool and have just said, whoever wants to use it, use it. It's not original for us either. We, I mean, they came up with a little acronym, but the principles are just what Jesus taught us to do. So we just hope that you guys can all enjoy it as well. So buy the book if you want. It's a really great book. 
Here are the blessed practices. So if you haven't figured it out yet, it's B-L-E-S-S, the next five weeks, five weeks. Uh, This is just an intro sermon. So here they are. This is really easy. Begin with prayer. Okay? That's just it. Just start. It starts there, and actually, don't stop there. Keep doing that one no matter what. If you don't know how I could possibly be a blessing, how could I possibly share a little bit of the hope that I found in Christ? And it doesn't have to be a lot, right? Like, so buying a burrito for somebody and pointing that gift toward God so they know that it came because you've been given something by God and you want to pass it on, like, that's not hard. You could write a note on a napkin and do that. You don't have to have a fancy business card. Just hope that you receive this as a gift from God today. But if you don't know where to start, you can just pray. Ask, God, how do you want me to bless people? Who do you want me to bless? What do I have that I can pass on to someone else as a blessing? So that's first. Second is listen. If you read uh, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament, what you will encounter if you look for it, we oftentimes don't notice it, this is that Jesus encounters people and he asks them questions and then he waits for them to say stuff. That's called listening. Jesus is really good at that. (laughs) And it's easy to ignore, actually. It's easy to ignore, and I think that's because not all of us are great listeners. I'm not actually a great listener. I would say that I graduated in the last five years from kindergarten to first grade in listening school. I'm hoping to get to second grade by the end of this year. Would you say that the general impression by the world around us is that Christians are really great listeners. I think maybe not. I'm sure there's really great ones. I know there are. But what if we made an intentional effort? What if, actually, let's just say this. What if you just made an intentional effort to change that perception? That you listen and really listen to what people are saying. Not, not, to try to help them be persuaded of a different perspective, but just to understand their perspective and why they have it. What if we did that instead? I think oftentimes Christians can be more known for trying to tell people what's wrong, what they're doing what's wrong, what they're thinking that's wrong, how they're voting wrong, how they're living wrong. And I'm not saying that's a totally accurate stereotype. I actually think there's a lot of inaccuracies in there as well, because I personally do know a lot of Christians that don't, tend to do that. You probably know several too. But there is that perception, and I think if one person at a time experienced someone listening really well, that that could change. And if it doesn't change in the perception of the world, which doesn't really matter, it can change for individuals. This person met a Christian who actually listened. That person met a Christian who actually listened, and that makes more of a difference than a general overarching perception which we may or may not have ability to influence. Guys, you know this. Listening is where friendships start. It's where they start. And we can all learn to be a little bit better. And I'll just say this. I'm excited about this series partly because many of these are things that I have intentionally practiced. Past tense. But I'm not actively practicing And so I'm hoping to grow on this journey as well. So begin with prayer, listen, and okay, guys, you're going to like this one. Eat, okay? Eat. Can you do that? Are you going to do that today, maybe? Or maybe sometime this week? Um, Maybe? Probably going to eat. Okay, Jesus did this too. 
So he's going on a trip. He's walking from one place to the next because there's no public transportation there either. So he's walking. And he meets a guy, short name for Zach, and he meets Zach. He wasn't planning to have a meal particularly, but he meets Zach and he says, Zach, let's go grab a burger or a pita or something, some flatbread and roast lamb. In fact, Zach, why don't you invite some friends over and we can have a meal together? And what happened is Jesus had this opportunity to have a meal. His name is Zacchaeus. You've probably heard the song. By the way, don't teach your kids a song this way. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Lord was passing by, Jesus came and said, what does he say? He doesn't say this. Zacchaeus. That's how we teach it, by the way. Let's teach it. Zacchaeus, you come down. I'm going to your house today. That's what it was like. It wasn't because Zacchaeus was in a tree and he shouldn't be. He said, come on, let's go eat. Have a meal. Have coffee. Have some ice cream. The quickest way to take an acquaintance to a friendship is share a meal. And how many times do you do it in a week? Maybe like three-ish a day if you count your coffee and a snack and this break or that break. Maybe it's more than three. What if you and I took one or two out of 20-some per week and tried to intentionally eat with someone. That's E. Serve is S, the first S. As you pray, as you listen, as you eat, as you develop some friendships with your neighbors, friends, people in your exercise class, other parents on your kids' hockey or soccer or other sports teams, if you're really listening, you're going to find ways that they could be served. They're going to talk about stuff that they're doing. Maybe their childcare provider is sick Maybe they have a sick relative in the hospital. Maybe they have a spouse that's not doing so well. Maybe you can watch their dog when they go out of town. Maybe they have a project coming up. There's all kinds of things and ways that you might have to serve them. Sooner or later, you'll find yourself with chances to serve. And the last one is the one you're all afraid of and that I'm afraid of too a little bit. It's S's share. Okay? By the way, if you really focus hard on the first four... And don't worry about the last one for now. You're going to be surprised that if I'm really just wanting to begin with prayer and I'm asking God for opportunities and I'm really listening and I'm eating to enjoy people and I'm looking for ways to serve, that actually I'm a little more comfortable in this situation to talk about things because they're interested in me and I'm interested in them and it's a little more natural to do this. However, I do understand that at some point you'll probably feel like, I should feel like the Lord's saying for me to say something about my faith. I'm not sure what. So share is the last message. I'm going to be giving that message. You will have an opportunity to share your story with people as you do this. I'm going to tell you a brief story about how this all came together. Uh, 15-ish years ago, I was on staff here at the church, and my main job was the college ministry. And so we had a pretty significant college ministry at University of North Dakota. We had a few students from here there. And two high school girls uh, decided to go to University of Minnesota Crookston, 20 miles down the road or so. And they were wondering and began praying about how they could be used on that campus. Crookston was not on my radar. But, yeah, let's pray about it. Well, it ended up that we started a Bible study. Paul Letvin, who's a pastor in Fargo, went over for a year to help get it started. And over the time, we met a few people there. And 
a group of guys, a few of you I'll mention this morning, I fondly refer to as the Crookston crew. Ryan, who's a worship leader here, our band worship leader, is, was one of them. Eric McCoy was one of them. Tyler, who actually also was in Fargo. And we got to know each other. And, you know, listen to their life stories. It wasn't just me. It was a handful of people. And shared meals. I remember eating lots of meals over at Crookston. In the morning, I would come over, and Tyler liked to cook, and we would eat. And sometimes he wasn't there, and I would eat in his bed, which really annoyed him, which I did on purpose, because we had that kind of relationship. And you know what happened in the end? It's opportunities to bless over on that campus. Now, the, these are just three guys, and there was maybe 15 or 20 students that eventually got involved to some degree or another out there, is somebody... Multiple people shared their stories, and Ryan came to Christ, and Eric came to Christ, and Tyler started following Christ after knowing him, but not really following him for quite a long time. And it's because two girls decided to start praying, who are actually serving at our other sister church up in Warren, Minnesota right now. Guys, Jesus rose again. The day we're celebrating today, he rose again so that you and I would... Has it been fun to celebrate this morning? It's been really fun. This is something we're celebrating. We have a risen Savior, and he didn't rise just so that we would enjoy it together. He did rise so that we would enjoy it together. Not just that. We would also share it beyond just us. He blessed those early followers with faith. He confirmed their faith in him, and he said, this is really great, Now go and be a blessing. Go and tell the world. You have been blessed to bless. I invite you to come back next week. We're going to cover Begin with Prayer. Uh, Worship team, you can come on up. We're going to close this morning with a song called Living Hope. Jesus is our living hope. We have a hope that is alive. Jesus is our living hope. And we get to enjoy celebrating that living hope. And Jesus says, don't just celebrate it with the rest of you guys that all know about it. Share it. Bless other people with that living hope. Why don't you stand for closing prayer and then we'll sing this song to him. Jesus, we praise you because you are alive. We worship you because you are, you prove, you prove to us, you prove to the world that death couldn't hold you. We've been celebrating you here this morning, God, and I trust that you smile at our celebration, and I pray that you'd give us faith to believe that you have ways for us to share the blessing of this hope that we have, the blessing of this faith that we've been given or maybe that we're finding, with other people. And I pray that you would empower us through the Spirit, just like you said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, that we would experience your empowering to help people find you by sharing the blessing that we've been given with people that you run us into, God. Might that be our heart? Thank you for being a risen Savior that we even have this opportunity to do this. We worship you today, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.